switched on on F104 and I'm joined by sleep expert Tom Coleman. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for chatting to us once again. So a study has revealed that daytime napping could actually be a good thing for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of naps and recent data, recent study, quite a, a large sample size, mm-hmm. um, has revealed that it could influence ageing and brain size positively. So that's good news for the nappers. That is good news. So what does the research tell us? The research tells us that those people who have an inclination to nap retain their brain size much better. And it's the equivalent of somewhere between 2.5 and I think 4.5 years of um, wow. ageing. So that's that's good news for, for those who like to nap. What constitutes as a nap? Because I know there's, di- like, there's so much different information going around about naps, where they're good, they're bad, too long, too short. Yeah. Like, is there a, a, like a recommended or an ideal amount of time for a nap? There is indeed. NASA have researched this, I can wow. tell you. And they have, come up, they have come up with a figure of 26 minutes as being the sweet spot. Now, Interesting. I don't know how you're going to actually measure that, <laughs> but if we kind of understand how sleep works in the sleep cycle, so we sleep in 90-minute cycles, okay. right? And we, we, we go from a light sleep right through into deeper sleep and then an REM sleep. So we don't want to go over 30 minutes, ideally, with a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the short naps are very beneficial, but when we wake from those, we won't feel too tired. Mm-hmm. It's either that or you go full 90 minutes. Okay, because yeah, cause you can get quite groggy when you go for a nap. If you sleep for too long, you can actually wake up and feel worse yeah. than you did beforehand. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened to people where they've woken up after an hour and they feel terrible. They, they yeah. kind of think, why did I do that? So it's about getting the timing right, uh, duration of nap, when you're napping not too close to bedtime because mm-hmm. we don't want to um, get rid of too much of the sleep pressure that builds up either. So that, would that then be before 4pm, say? Yeah, I mean, people have their own kind of routines. People have uh, preferences when it comes to sleep. Some people like to go to bed early. Others like to go to bed later. So it depends on that. But we need to leave some time between our nap and our sleep time. And ideally, that would be probably five or six hours at least. Okay. How does sleep affect the brain then? So if we're getting a proper amount of sleep, what does it do to our brains? Really good question. So essentially, there's a lot of repair and restoration that goes on when we sleep. And in terms of the brain, your brain cleans itself at night while you sleep. It flushes out a buildup of plaque and toxins, and that's called glymphatic drainage. So it flushes out all these things. And most of that is actually happening in the second half of the night during uh, lighter sleep. Okay. It is very interesting, and the brain is quite an intelligent organ, really, isn't it? <laughs> to be able like, to I do mean, this. Yeah, I mean, people come to me all the time and they talk about light sleep and deep sleep, and we all seem to crave more of the deep sleep, but the light sleep is just as important and just as beneficial. And your brain will really govern how much you get of either. Now, if, if, we've, if we've been awoken during deep sleep, the next night your brain will hold you in deeper sleep for longer. And the same with light sleep. So the brain looks after itself when it comes to the amount of sleep that we require in different stages. If we have a bad relationship with sleep, does that affect us really negatively then? I really, I mean, most people who have issues with sleep 
they have what I call very low sleep confidence and they, and they develop sleep anxiety and they get very much focused on tonight I have to sleep and will I sleep, won't I sleep? And I always say, you know, zoom out, focus on the process, focus on the things that we should be doing on a daily basis and the sleep will come, the sleep will look after itself. So we want to have a healthy relationship with the bedroom, the bed and sleep and try and build that association between, you know, between those that when I go to bed I sleep and I have... Um, a restful sleep, not a struggle. So that's why it is kind of recommended that if you're if you're not sleeping in bed, don't lie there for hours mm-hmm. and get up and only go back to bed when you feel the the tiredness. Does that mean that we should move remove any kind of distractions then from the room that we're trying to sleep in? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the bed should be associated primarily with sleep. And we, yes, we know there are other things you can do there, but we don't want entertainment areas, mm-hmm. um, you know, food, chargers, cables. Mm-hmm. We want clutter-free. We, we want to create a sensory haven, someplace where it, it really does help us relax physically and mentally as well. Uh, so that's really important to get your environment right, your bedroom environment. And then we mentioned about the brain health and when we get a good amount of sleep at night, but how does this then um, affect us when we are napping? Do you get any of the same benefits from it? We do get certain benefits from napping. Um, you know, activity in, the, in, in certain parts of the brain is ramped down in the prefrontal cortex, which is kind of our short-term memory, our planning, the, you know, the executive function. That we're kind of on a go, go, go all the time. And we need to, we need to pull that back a little bit and, and, and rest. And it helps calm the central nervous system. And don't forget the same systems that control sleep, control stress. So it's, it's really beneficial in many different types of ways. And it can really um, help give clarity uh, calm the nervous system and um, you know just just really beneficial overall to have these uh, naps if if possible if you can if you're that way inclined. What are your thoughts about apps and sleep apps and how it kind of measures the amount we're getting and the different types? So here's the thing: we we, we have to, I suppose, be mindful that the technologies aren't 100% accurate. Uh, we kind of we do know the accuracy of it. It is about the you know, how accurate and valid the data is that you're getting. Self-reporting isn't really exceptionally accurate either, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, people may say, oh, I, you know, I had a great night of report night, but if, if, if we do a polysomnography test, you know, it may not be reflective. I would say um, technology has a role to play, but don't get obsessed with the numbers and hitting targets if you're that type A personality, pull back from it a little bit. Uh, and we can use our phones positively Mm-hmm. in the bedroom by by listening to relaxing sounds, music, meditation, a podcast. But scrolling is very detrimental to sleep. And that's what I would say. Don't mistake distraction yeah. for relaxation. And then the blue screen as well wouldn't be helping as well. That's right. It shuts mm-hmm. down melatonin production. So uh, we're stimulating the brain. We're not actually relaxing. So we must sort of uh, use our technology well, I feel, or better than we are. What is the best way then to get ready for sleep? I suppose proper sleep rather than a nap. Routine is crucial. Uh, we want to help the body cool as well. So a warm shower will actually cause a rebound cooling effect. So a warm shower a couple of hours before bed. Start getting the bedroom re- ready. Maybe people, some people like a, a sleepy tea, herbal tea. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whatever your routine is, an eye mask and ear, ear, ear plugs also. Um, so try and consistently do the same thing, consistently go to bed at the same time. And this will train the nervous system and the brain that, you know, when we do this, this happens, and that's cueing control. So have your routines, try and stick to, stick to the routine. And I would definitely say to people, have a conscious and cognitive unwind when you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Even journaling, five or ten minutes, really kind of useful for those busy minds, for the racing mind. So whatever your routine is, try and think about it, build it out a little bit, and know that you can really train yourself to fall asleep quite quickly. And if if, if you do have nights where you, you're not getting to sleep, don't worry, or, or wake episodes, these, these are things that happen from time to time. Zoom out when it comes to sleep. Be active during the day. Get lots of light when you should be active during the day because, you know, every decision we make earlier in the day will, will also influence our sleep. It's not just the kind of hour or two before we go to bed. Mm, that's good news. That's good news for anyone that kind of struggles with getting a good night's sleep. If people want to find out more, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram, uh, tomcoleman.ie or my website, www.tomcoleman.ie. Amazing, Tom. Thank you so much for chatting to us. My pleasure. Thank you.